0: In this episode of Directed Life, I'm going to be covering five very difficult business things that I'm learning the hard way so that you don't have to. Let's jump into it. Welcome to Directed Life. This show exists to help creatives and entrepreneurs find fun and fulfill their calling to flip culture upside down i'm your host cap chatfield before we get into the episode i want to just share with you that i got something very special for you if you're in a place where as a business owner or as a creative or a content creator if you're in a place where you feel like you know that you need to get your message out there you know that you need to share it put it out online put it on a podcast put it out on social media but you run into this grind every single time where you can't find a good rhythm. You, can't, you don't have a good system to be able to scale your message so that you can share your message out to the world, to your audience, build an audience while still having a life and still protecting your own personal health. I want to help you with that because this is something that I've gone through myself as uh, learning how to be a serial content creator, as I would say. And I want to give you something that I've developed myself It's my super simple content map. It's a free guide, it's a PDF on my website that I wanna give you for free today. So if you go to capchatfield.com, you're gonna see a pop-up right there. Just submit your email and you'll get this free PDF. It's the super simple content map. You literally, within 30 minutes, You can map out an entire year's worth of content, and I want to give you this resource for free. So go to capchatfield.com, submit your email, and you will get the super simple content map. You're going to get a PDF in your inbox, and you're also going to get a link to a video that's going to explain how to go through the PDF yourself. So don't miss it. Go check that out. Now, enough of that. Let's jump into this episode of Directed Life. As a lot of you know, uh, I am a business owner. I started a digital media agency called Reveal Media a few years ago, and we have gone through some crazy ups and downs over the past few years. It's been an extremely humbling thing for me to step into this new calling of starting this business. Starting a business is difficult. I mean, there's a statistic out there that shows I think it's like 80% of new startups or even maybe closer to 90, 90%, let's just say. I don't have the sources so you should go look it up yourself. But somewhere in that range, that many, that percentage of startups fail in the first year after launching. And you'd think, man, so many people are starting businesses, yet so many businesses fail, and I'm telling you as a guy who's going through it, I understand why now. <laughs> I'm I'm starting to see why it's so much more difficult to start a business than a, to just get a job, and I'm learning a lot through this process. I'm really being humbled as I'm committing to learning and how uh, learning how to grow a business, how to build a business, how to lead a team of employees. And there's a lot of things that I, I'm learning personally that are difficult, but I want to share them with you to just kind of give you <laughs> a shortcut so that you don't have to learn these things the hard way. If you apply these things, if you feel called to start a business or to turn your craft into something that generates revenue, learn from these five things I'm gonna share with you right now. The first few, um, they're they're really important and they might feel kind of common sense, but the last couple are, are some that they, it's it, not a lot of people talk about these things. So I'm gonna start with this first one right here, ready? Do not neglect your rest. This is critical. Do not neglect your rest. Rest. When you're starting a business, you're wearing a million different hats. The temptation is for you to work seven days a week and to work a crazy amount of hours every single day. And I'm telling you, building a business is a marathon, it's not a sprint. You need to create some systems of rest in your life. Just this past week, for example, I've been working like crazy. We're about to just do this product launch for our company. And as we're doing this and as we're building this thing on the front end, I'm just living stressed out. I'm living stressed out to the max. I'm wearing it on my face. I'm wearing it uh, in my conversations with my team. And it was just this past Thursday that I got absolutely knocked out with a stress-induced sickness. I just started feeling like really cloudy-headed, really congested. I'm still pretty congested right now. And just it's it was just been wiping me out over the past few days. And then I, I know for a fact that it was because I have just been neglecting my rest. And so I'm a believer in God and I really believe God just said, you know what? If you're not going to rest, I'm going to force you to rest. I'm going to make you take a Sabbath rest. And so I, you know, I got to unplug. I turned off my phone all day on Saturday and I'll tell you what, it was the most freeing thing I've done in a long time was just completely checking out, completely unplugging. And so I want to encourage you, if you are building a business, don't fall into the trap thinking that you need to be on the the ball seven days a week. In fact, you probably started a business so that you would have some freedom. But for whatever reason, when we're building our businesses, we forget that element of it. And we think that everything is dependent on us uh, for it to succeed. And there's some element of truth to that. But at the same time, you are only as good as the amount of rest that you allow yourself to have. So I want to give you permission, take a day off, you will be better because of it and your business will be better because of it and your customers will thank you for it. Okay, so that's number one, do not neglect your rest as a business owner. Number two, so I mentioned before, (laughs) I literally just mentioned, uh, it's not all up to you, but this is kind of a a paradox for that because number two is when you're the leader, it's always your fault. This is about taking ownership about whatever is going wrong in your business. When you own own a business and you're leading employees, it's going to be very tempting when something doesn't go your way, an email doesn't get sent, a piece of social media content doesn't get uploaded or scheduled or some client doesn't get uh, followed up with. It's very tempting to blame the people underneath you. And, uh, I'll tell you right now, if, if that is your temptation, you need to check that at the door, check that out the door. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. There's days that I blow it and I, and I, uh, put too much pressure on my team and I don't own my element of it as the leader. But this is what I would say is if you're experiencing frustration in your company in your business and it's regarding some things about your employees maybe they're not performing at the level that you want them to or maybe they're not consistent or maybe they're not following instructions it is not their fault ultimately it is your fault and it's probably your fault for a few different reasons number one you might not be communicating your expectations clearly enough to them so think about that. How well are you communicating to them? Do you have what you want for them to do written out clearly so that they can execute that on a consistent basis? Number two, are you modeling for them what you want them to do? Are you living an example at, for what you expect to see in your employees and in your company culture? If you're not living it out yourself, you can't expect other people to do it either. And then finally, number three, if you really do have a bad egg in the cart if you really have a, someone on your team that is not performing at the level that they should and they just never will they're just not going to be that person i don't i'm not saying speak that over them but if you're seeing that this person is sitting on a seat on the bus that they shouldn't be sitting in as the leader it's your fault that they're in that seat you need to take responsibility to make sure that that person if they're not supposed to be in that seat that they are removed from that seat and so that you avoid any weird conflict and relationship moving forward because you made a poor decision, make sure you're doing your due diligence on the front end to make sure that that person who's about to sit in that seat is really the right person because it's way easier to, to hire somebody uh, than to fire somebody. And I, as a business leader, I want to encourage you, make sure that you're hiring right. Do your due diligence to hire right. Um, and ultimately, it all, it all comes down to you. And so have humility as a leader and say, you know what, if something isn't working, say, hey, I own that. I didn't communicate that well enough. I should have put a process in. I should have followed my process of of keeping on the communication in a certain app that we talked about as a team or in the project management software. Make the rules clear, follow the rules yourself. And if somebody isn't following those rules, then it's your responsibility to replace them, okay? So number one, remember, Don't neglect your rest as the business leader. Number two, when you're the leader, it's always your fault. Continue to tell yourself, it's always my fault. And a great book just to help you grow in your ownership as a leader. And one of my favorites is called Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. I really encourage you to check it out and get it on uh, Audible because the audio version of it is really cool. He's a former Navy SEAL and his voice is just really intense. And I think you'll really (laughs) enjoy hearing him narrate his own book. Let's go into to number three. Number three, if you got a lot of tasks on your plate, eliminate, automate, delegate. So this is about removing things from your plate that are zapping your bandwidth because as a business owner and as a business leader, there are certain tasks that only you can do. And you might think that all of the tasks in the business, they require your level of excellence. Let me tell you a couple things. Number one, I know that nobody cares about the business more than you. You're the one who owns it. And so I respect that. But I want to remind you, just because every task is important, doesn't mean that every task requires you to do it. At the end of the day, there's only a few things on your list of to-dos that only you can do. And that's probably uh, product development, vision casting, and as you're just starting out, maybe business development and hiring new talent, things like that. There's a lot of things, though, that can be outsourced to other people. You can get a virtual assistant. You can have a social media content manager. You can get other people, even people from different countries, especially with in today's day and age with the technology that we have, you can get other people on your team that can handle some of the stuff that you're handling. And you might be thinking, well, I'm not in a position to necessarily afford a full-time person or to afford paying somebody like that. But there comes a point when you have to decide, Am I willing to spend or invest my time, which is an asset that you have that you are never going to get back? Money comes and goes, you're never gonna get your time back. That's the most valuable asset that you have. You need to decide, how am I going to invest my time? Am I gonna invest my time in the things that only I can do? Or am I gonna invest my time in things that I could have outsourced to somebody else? I wanna encourage you, as you start this thing early, Get people around you that can offload some of the tasks that you don't need to be doing. So think about, uh, when you're thinking about getting rid of tasks, follow this three-step process. Number one is eliminate. Just simply eliminate things from your plate that don't matter. Before you delegate them and hire somebody else, make sure that you're eliminating these tasks that are just not bringing any value to the organization at all. Because there's no point in delegating something and paying somebody to do something that isn't even that valuable. So number one, eliminate tasks from your plate that are just not bringing any value to the organization. Number two, automate. Before hiring somebody else, look to see if there's a piece of software, if there's some sort of integration with the apps that you're using that can help you automate your process, make it streamlined, make it quick, make it fast, uh, and make it consistent so that you are solving the same problem, but you're not investing resource to hire a person to execute that task for you finally, number three, after you've eliminated and automated the tasks that you can, the ones that are left, delegate those, delegate those to people who have the bandwidth that you can pay, uh, you could pay less than what you would be paying yourself to do what only you can do in the organization. So that is uh, man, I'm telling you, if you can do that, it's going to save you a lot of time. It's going to help you grow the organization a lot quicker. Number four, Turn your service into a product. If you are uh, building a business and the goal of your business is to free up more time so you can spend more time with your family, do more creative ventures, serve, serve in your church, serve, you know, just spend more time serving other people rather than, than building a business. You need to make sure that you're building your business around a product and not a service because if the serv- if you're building a business around a service as a freelancer, you're really your own employee. And you're basically trading hours for a salary. And that's there's no way out of that. You're just going to have to keep doing that work in order to to bring money into the company. And that's not what you started a business for, probably. You started a business to have freedom so that you can hire people underneath you to take some of that off your plate and so you can have a little bit of bandwidth and, and freedom to do the things that you really enjoy doing. And so if you are in that place where the value that you bring is in the form of a service. Here's a simple way that you can actually turn that into a product. It's not, it's simple, but it takes a little bit of work, but this is what I'm doing in my own business right now. And it's been a game changer. I wish I started doing this sooner. If you are a service provider, document the process for how you do your service. And you might be someone who's like, well, I do a custom thing every single time. You probably don't. You probably do a little bit of variation here and there, but there's probably a way that you would do it, that you do it, that you approach the problems that your clients, your customers have. And there's a rhythm to how you approach your work. The issue is that you probably haven't actually documented how you approach that work. If you can document it, if you can put it on a piece of paper, you can give it to somebody else. You can train somebody else to do that very thing. So that's what I want to encourage you with. If you're in that place where you're like, I... I'm tired of just stacking on more hours in order to grow this business. That's not how it's supposed to be. If you're truly trying to be a business owner, turn your service into a product. Productize the service that you provide, document it, and then train other people to do that task for not clients because clients are for a service-based company. Start thinking about your clients as customers that are buying a consistent and reliable product from you. My fifth and final thing that I want to share with you today is focus on one thing at a time. Oh, goodness, this is so good. This is so important for me. I'm learning this even today. You got a million things on your mind, a million things on your to-do list, and you're delegating and you're you're building processes and all of that. You're assuming all the responsibility. You're not resting all these things. When you look at all the things that you need to do, It's critical as the leader of the organization that you make the decisive effort to focus on one thing at a time. We are not micro or we are not, uh, what's the word, multitaskers as we like to think we are. We think we can handle a lot of different tasks at the same time, but your mind can only really think about one thing At any given time. And if you're constantly distracting yourself from one thing to another thing, you're actually going to compromise the work that you're trying to accomplish. And so, how can you focus on one thing at a time? For me, I struggle with this because, as I mentioned, there's a million things on my mind. How do I focus on only one thing? Well, if I know generally the pulse of everything else going on, that, you know, everything that I need to oversee as long as I have a general pulse of how it's supposed to be operating or, or what needs to be done or, or what the, the progress of it is or the status of it, I can then go deeper into the specific tasks that I need to accomplish. So before you start working, it's important to get perspective. Spend some time every single day before you jump into your work, before you even jump into planning what that work is going to be. Spend some time getting some perspective on your business. What went, what went down yesterday? What's been going on this past week? How are your financials looking? How's the certain projects that uh, that you do have deadlines coming up for? How are those going? Having some sort of system to help you track your progress on things and keep, keep perspective in front of you of where the organization is at, it's going to free you up so much just emotionally so that you can focus on one thing at a time when those things come. So... There's so much more I could go into that. In fact, I'll probably go deeper in that in a future episode. But those are five difficult things that I'm learning right now because I'm failing at these at these things from time to time. By the grace of God, I'm learning. I'm growing. The business is still growing. The business is still here. I'm still here. My family's still here. We're still doing this thing. But these are things that I wish I learned sooner and I wish I applied sooner. And I want to encourage you to apply these five things as you grow the business that you're that you're growing is you're cultivating your craft as you're trying to make a dent in the marketplace and bring value and bring impact and flip culture upside down. Here's the five things I want you to consider. We're just going to recap them real quick. Number one, don't neglect your rest. When you rest and you're healthy, the organization stays healthy. Number two, when you're the leader, it's always your fault. Whatever's going on in the organization, just humble yourself and assume responsibility. Take personal ownership over what's happening. And when you do that, you're actually gonna create a culture of ownership amongst the people around you and underneath your leadership. Number three, if you got a ton of tasks on your plate, feel like there's not enough time in the day, learn to eliminate, automate, and delegate tasks that you don't need to be doing. If somebody else could be doing them, learn to delegate. If you can find a software to do it, automate it. If you don't need to be doing it at all, have the freedom and the permission to eliminate it and eliminate it quickly. Number four, turn your service into a product. If you're operating a service-based company and you're stressed out because there's not enough time in the day and you don't want to be working more hours and you don't ultimately want to be an employee of your own company, document your process around the, the whatever you're providing your clients, whatever they are coming to you for, whatever they are buying from you, document the process of that thing and productize your service. Then train other people to be able to execute that for you. Finally, number five, focus on one thing at a time. We're going to spend some time every single day getting perspective on the organization, maybe even creating a dashboard and a project management software. I'm using one called Asana for my organization. I'm gonna get perspective on how things are going. I'm gonna get perspective on how my team is doing, making sure that they have what they need to, to accomplish what they gotta accomplish that day. And then once I've gotten perspective, I've created a little bit of a plan for that day, I'm going to focus on one thing at a time. I will refuse to be distracted. I will refuse to be discombobulated and going in a million directions. I'm not serving my team, and you're not serving your team or your customers or your clients well when you and I are not focused on the task at hand. Guys, I hope that was uh, encouraging for you as you are growing as a creative or an entrepreneur and whatever that vision is in your heart. And if this episode was valuable to you, I would encourage you, please leave a comment or a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Give me a five stars if you're listening on uh, Apple Podcasts. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, you can like this video, or you could subscribe to this channel. Do both, leave a comment. All of that helps this content uh, raise up in the algorithm. So I'd appreciate it if you do that. I just want to remind you again too, if you are in a place where you want to start creating your content at scale, go to capchatfield.com and download my free PDF, the super simple content map. It's going to help you get organized with your content creation so that you can share your message at scale. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Directed Life. What you have matters. Your vision matters. I know it's why. I know it's what keeps you up at night. I know it's what drives you to do what you do. And so I encourage you to, we're going to keep this up together and together we can flip culture upside down. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.